Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Brendan from Bedford in the UK, but he now resides in Sweden. Brendan works in the renewable energy sector and lives full-time in a schoolie. From living with mice in his bus to the engine fan flying off in traffic, Brendan always remains calm. Brendan also recommends taking your time with your schoolie build and to check out the NGO All Hands and Hearts. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition to A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. I have a special guest here today, uh, not in Canada, but maybe coming to Canada in the future, and I'll get him to introduce himself. Uh, yeah, thanks. Hi, everyone, and uh, thanks, Dan, for having me on your show. Uh, my name is Brendan. I'm 42 years old. Uh, I have two young sons who live back in England with their mum. Uh, I was born in Bedford, just one hour north of London. And uh, since leaving school, I've held various jobs. Um, I've been an IT guy and I've run a pub. Uh, I left my town when I was about 24, 25 years old. Uh, and since then, I've lived in a few different countries. I've lived in uh, Scotland, in the Netherlands, uh, in Budapest, which is in Hungary. Uh, and I've had some short periods in Mexico and Peru. Uh, I was doing some volunteering work out there with some NGOs that I'm signed up with. Uh, and now I live in Sweden. I've been here for two years. Wow, uh, that's amazing. You've been around the world and back again. Yeah, yeah not quite the world, but yeah, there's, there's still a lot of things on the list, a lot of places to visit. But uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen quite a bit so far, so I'm quite happy about that. You know, I've been on the bus uh, mostly now for... Uh, two years I was uh, traveling with this current job that I have for uh, for the last six nearly seven years and uh, I was getting sick of living in the hotels and the Airbnb so I decided to buy the bus you know and it's worked out pretty well because uh, I've been able to stay in places all over Sweden um, my work fits in with the with the bus life and nature's nature is something of abundance here in Sweden and I enjoy walking and hiking and everything Sweden has to offer really you know people are good and the, even the winter you know I love I love the winter here so yeah that's uh that's about me really and the job that you're doing now is that related to wind turbines or what is the uh the job you're doing now? yeah that, um, I'm a wind turbine rope access technician um and a, and a project supervisor uh, basically I'm getting uh, paid uh, to carry out one of my hobbies which was abseiling and climbing um, years ago and um, basically I'm do, carrying out inspections and repairs of wind turbine components that are coming from all over the world now um, and I'm using mainly rope access techniques uh, to get to the point of the repairs and uh, high-powered cameras inspections uh, the job's been quite good you know I've, I've traveled across Europe with, with the job it's taken me to Germany and France Scotland and Finland Netherlands and the Denmark and now obviously Sweden um, and um, you know now I'm this uh, rope access uh, safety supervisor and project supervisor um, it's, it's been quite good it fits in perfectly with with my lifestyle my current lifestyle you know wow that's a pretty cool job so are windmills pretty popular in Sweden uh, yeah, yes, they are. Yeah, they've got a lot of uh, wind turbines here now, um, and they're, and they're only getting more and more. Um, there's a lot of big players investing heavily 
in the country. They've, they're producing a lot of kilowatts of, of green energy now. Um, so for me, it's great. You know, um, there's going to be a lot of work here. Touch wood, there's a lot of work going forward. Um, so much that I've decided now to move to Sweden. And um, I've just bought a house. Um, actually got notified today that I've, uh, I've been successful in the, in the bidding of the house. So, uh, yeah, I plan to stick around in Sweden for a while. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, big, big, big uh, change for me, actually. That's wonderful. And you said you've been in Sweden now for six years? Uh, no, I've, I've been working in and out of Sweden for six, uh, as well as all the other countries that I mentioned. Um, but I've been permanently in Sweden for the last two years. Um, and I spent the, f the first few months of the of the spring it was. I arrived late winter, spring. Um, I spent them in hotels and, and Airbnbs. And I've always had this dream of having a bus. Um, me and my one of my best buddies, a guy called Eddie Jones, um, he used to be a colleague. We used to work around, traveling around, doing the same job. And we always used to talk, you know, the, the, the pipe dreams of wouldn't it be so cool to have a couple of small vans that we could live in and travel around with these with this job um and eventually i did it um i i didn't buy a small van um i bought quite a big 12 meter long bus <laughs> so you know um i went a bit extreme on that but it's worked out great you know so tell us a little bit about the bus that you bought okay okay she's uh her name is felicia uh, I chose a, a nice Swedish name for her because she's a Swedish bus. She's a 1967 Scania Vabis. Um, her model is BF7659. Um, she was originally built uh, by some coach builders not too far from where I am now, actually, in a, in a town called Unskolvik. Um, there's a coach builders there. Um, I don't know if they still exist, actually, but there was a coach builders and they built quite a lot of these buses. Um, she's a split screen with a total of 14 windows. Um, she has an aluminium body, so there's no rust, luckily, there. Uh, 10 litre diesel engine. And she has quite a big history about her. She, um, she started off her service as uh, a postal bus, delivering parcels and packages. Um, and she was also a bank. Um, and she was serving customers in remote areas, you know, in northern Sweden, Finland, and up in Norway. Um, and then for many years, she was used as a touring bus, I believe, um, taking old age pensioners around the north of the three countries I just mentioned. Um, so, she, yeah, she's got quite a good history there. And then in 1992, um, a guy brought the bus and he was working up in the mines up in northern Sweden. Um, he moved the engine of the bus to the middle. Um, which created a lot of space up at the front by the driver's seat um, and it's underneath so the engine's tucked away nicely and then he um, converted it into a, a little home on wheels um, he then continued to live in the bus and he told me he lived in the bus for just over five years while he was working in the mines um, and then yeah two years ago I bought her from him from the north of Sweden uh, took a few days to get back down to where I was staying because um, she doesn't go so fast, you know, being a 1967 um, <clears throat> and had some problems on the way. And uh, yeah, two years ago, I brought her and uh, refurbished her to my own taste, you know. So did you rip everything out and start over or did you just do a few changes? No, I haven't haven't ripped too much out. I've 
taken a few things away and added a few things, um, but the basic layout was there. Um, it was already done. And I like the layout because it's not your standard layout. You know, a lot of the long buses they have the kitchens that run along the windows, along the side of the bus. This one's actually split. So the bus itself is split into four compartments across the 12 metres. Um, she's two and a half metres wide uh, by 12 metres. And so when you come onto the bus, she's obviously a left-hand drive. Um, when you come onto the bus, you can you, you come up the stairs, uh, you've got the, the driver's seat in front of you, and then immediately to your left, she has an open-plan living room and kitchen. Uh, living room has um, uh, two sofas, which convert into a double bed, which is great. Uh, then there's a, a kitchen, and I've got, in the kitchen, I've got a fridge, um, plenty of storage space. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice little kitchen. I've extended the kitchen sideboard. Um, with a foldable uh, worktop, which has given me a bit more space. I've installed a log burner uh, into the bus as well. Uh, yeah, and then from the kitchen, there's a small um, corridor, and on your right-hand side, there's a cupboard, which uh, offers uh, plenty of storage space for, you know, my Hoover and mop and stuff like that, um, any spare, spare bits and pieces I need for the kitchen. Um, and underneath all of that, um, there is the engine. Um, and like I say, it's all tucked away. There is a there is a hatch that you can get to uh, from that corridor. You can get to the top of the engine, and then you can also um, in that that leads into a another room which can be used as a bedroom or a reading room. It has a sofa in that turns into a double bed, um, and underneath that double bed there's a hatch which, which you can open up where you can see again some of the engine. Um, so yeah, she's quite big. Um, and in from that room, then that leads into another room, um, which is divided with a, a small hallway in between. On the left-hand side, you've got a small WC with a, a macerating toilet, which works off the uh, 12 volt batteries. Um, and then, and a sink in there as well. That all flushes down into a 100 litre grey water tank. Uh, and then on the, the right-hand side of that corridor, you've got two bunk beds, two single bunk beds, and underneath the bottom bunk bed um, currently is located the engine batteries um, and some leisure batteries which I installed myself um, when I carried out the refurbishment and I had to replace a lot of the wiring on the bus. So um, that's that room and then there's another room from that and that actually leads into a two by, no two and a half by two and a half metre uh, room which is currently a storage room. Um, have lots of things in there, spare wood, which I've been using over the winter, um, a bike, uh, various other bits and pieces, tools. It's really good for storage. But my plan with that is I'm going to divide that space into two rooms. One's going to be the new battery room um, to contain all the batteries, plus some new batteries that I'm going to install for some solar panels, which I plan to put on in the spring. Um, and then the other half of that room, I'm going to convert into a sauna. style sauna. Um, which I think would be great, you know, in the winter time, uh, after a little dip in the sea, to, to run out and try and warm up in a, in a sauna at the back of the bus. That's pretty cool. So now you, I'm in Flintflaw, Manitoba, so I'm halfway in the middle of the country and okay. part ways up. Okay. It's, it's almost around the same uh, level which you are in Sweden, so the temperatures they dip down, they're pretty cold this time of year or January, February. Yes, definitely. Uh, what do you do for insulation in your bus? 
Well, the bus was uh, pre-insulated um, by the guy that carried out the first refurbishment back in the 90s. Um, but I have had to take some of the walls down and replace some of the insulation. Um, I noticed some of it was damp. I've fitted, I've fit a carpet in the bus, quite a thick carpet throughout the bus, uh, which offers a good level of um, insulation. But underneath that, it's got a wooden flooring. Um, and underneath that, it's got some flooring insulation that was installed by the previous owner. Um, but if, if I could, I would probably um, get the underside sprayed, I think. Um, I, I can't do much more on the inside. I don't want to reduce my head height much more, but uh, if I could, I, I'd, I'd spray the underside. Um, because, yeah, here in Sweden, the temperatures are really super low. Um, I've experienced minus 28 in the bus. And at the time, I only had a log burner. I was off grid and I only had my log burner, two kilowatt log burner with me, which you have to keep feeding, you know, every sort of half an hour. Um, so that was a tough couple of days up in the north of Sweden. Uh, since then, I've installed a propane uh, gas heater, which blows out hot air into the second room, into the reading room slash bedroom that I've got. Um, and what else have I got for off-grid heating? Um, that's it for now for off-grid. Um, but when I'm on grid, I've got a couple of little plug-in heaters that I use, which work great. You know, the, the place gets warmed up pretty well. Um, the windows um, don't offer much insulation, obviously, because there's so many of them. Um, but I've got some roller blinds that I've put down, and they offer a little bit of protection. You know, it offers a, a small barrier between the back of the blind and the glass. Um, and recently I've installed uh, under the sofas and uh, in the in the living room and in back in the reading room I've installed a lot of this um, this um, styrene type installation um, because I noticed that the uh, the seats were quite cold even though they've got cushions on big big cushions uh, the bases of the seats were quite cold so yeah, I'm getting there with the insulation. And to be honest with you, um, I've I've now experienced it went down to minus 23 this year. Um, minus 28 was the, fol the the previous year, but this year I've experienced minus 23 in the bus. And um, with and I'm, and I'm on grid, so I've I've had a couple of plug-in heaters, and with the log burner, it's been absolutely fine. I've had it up to 32 degrees in here. Yeah, we're about to open a window, you know, and turn off the electric heaters. Um. So you're on grid. You don't have your own uh, private windmill attached to your bus, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. But recently, funnily enough, on online, I've seen uh, on LinkedIn, actually, a very innovative company have uh, come out with a transportable wind turbine. It probably stands about two metres tall, but, you know, you can fold it down and pack it away and uh, it gives some level of uh, power, which I thought was a great idea. So, uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> I, may, I may invest in one of those. There you go. Yeah, here in uh, where I am, it got down to minus 42 Ooh. this winter. Ooh. So nobody around here lives in a uh, schoolie. No. But uh, I do know some people throughout the country that, uh, you know, it'll get to minus 20, 28, minus 30. Yeah. And they're living in their schoolies full time. So yeah, it's, that is cold. it's a little that chilly. Is cold. That is cold. Yeah. You need a decent. You need. Yeah, you, need hard enough to... you need a decent log burner. In my opinion, you can get away with as long as you've got decent insulation in the bus and you've got a decent log burner and maybe a propane heater just to, for the back end of the bus. Um, you know, something this size. I think you can get away with these temperatures. You know, you may have to put a, a moose skin over you or something, or, or a big jacket or something. You know, some extra layers. But 
um, it, it just adds to the the charm of it. I think you know this is my second winter now I've done, and uh, it's been tough at times, but it does add to the charm. You know, it really does. And when when everything's covered in snow and stuff like that, you may not be able to drive many places, but everything around you is just it's just beautiful, especially here in Sweden. And I imagine it's the same up there in Canada. Cool. Yeah, the uh, we have a cubic mini, and it's uh, one square foot uh, for the box inside. Okay. And same deal, you have to you have to throw wood in there every half hour, every hour. Yeah, you have to keep. Uh, you it. need something. Another buddy of mine, he has a much larger stove, and I think it's every four to six hours he has to refill it. So right. it's, it's the size of the stove that really makes a difference. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Excellent. So you've uh, you've had the bus for a little while. You've uh, you've experienced a few seasons. Mm -hmm. What are what's an adventure that you've had in the bus? Um, okay, um, it's been one huge adventure to be honest with you um, with this bus. She has caused me a lot of uh, grief, uh, bl blood, sweat, and tears um, since I've owned her. Um, you know, the moment I brought her, um, to be honest, after a couple of miles into the journey um, and bearing in mind I've driven to the pretty much the northern part of Sweden and it took me a while to get there I've just picked her up and paid for her and I drove away and within a couple of miles the radiator popped a hole in the main radiator um, I managed to seal it with some of this uh, stuff you know that you pull down into the into the rad to seal it to weld it shut uh, it's a temporary fix and it lasted about three months um, and it ended up Long story short, it ended up actually with a with a new engine um, due to various reasons and prob problem uh, problems with mechanics along the way. Um, so I've had all that to do to deal with. That's a bit of an adventure. Um, the the fan flew off the engine once on the highway. That was a bit of an adventure. Um, I had some mice living on the bus. Um, <laughs> back in the autumn just before this winter they just kept coming and coming and you know being a bit of a bit of an animal friendly person I didn't really want to kill these these mice so that was a bit funny living with a few field mice for a while um, I've lived on a bus uh, sorry on a beach uh, all of last summer I was parked up down on a beach and that was just absolutely amazing um I had a lot of uh, weather days where I couldn't work because it was too windy to abseil. Um, but the sun was shining and where I was parked up on the beach, the, the weather was perfect. So so I've been quite lucky last summer. Um, you know, I had a bit of an adventure down there on the beach, um, which was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, despite all them problems, it's it's been it's been worth it. You know, um, I've been parked up at some beautiful places off grid and some nice places on grid as well. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, off-grid in some forests and by some lakes next to some um, small mountains that they have here in Sweden. Um, so yeah, overall, it's been pretty a pretty cool adventure so far, uh, to be honest. And for what you're doing with your schoolie, is that quite unique in Sweden or do you run into other people that have schoolies? Uh, no, to be honest, um, I've seen a lot of people on the roads. Um, it's a big thing here in Scandinavia. Um, you get a lot of people coming from other countries in Europe, um, you know, Spanish people and German people, Italians, um, UK, I guess. But th it's quite popular for them to come in their own motorhomes. Uh, not so many schoolies. Um, I've not seen any schoolies here, but but motorhomes is very popular and caravanning is very popular here. 
Um, and I've seen one or two um, of these vintage buses on the road as well. Um, normally they are owned by um, rock bands. <laughs> um, I've met a couple of guys uh, who were touring on a, in a bus. They're in a rock band, a Swedish rock band. Um, and a lot of um, guys use the buses in Sweden for transporting motorbikes and um, and and cars, um, race cars, because that's a big uh, thing here in Sweden. Um, the guys are really into, and the girls, I guess, are really into uh, motorsports and motocross. So they do a lot of this traveling around and, and competing in competitions. And they convert these big buses, um, not so much the vintage ones, but the newer type ones, or the ones from sort of 1990s upwards, I guess. They convert them and they build literally garages in the back of them that they can drive a full-size car into. Um, and in the front of the buses, they, they normally deck out into accommodation style. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a few of them. It's quite popular here in Sweden, actually. Wow. Yeah, my, so now you talked about some adventures. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say my my bus is um you know it's it's quite it's been quite popular as well. When I've been parked up, it gets a lot of attention. It looks quite unique. I, I feel. Um, so I've had quite a few visitors, uh, strangers, you know, approaching me um, that I've welcomed onto the bus and they've, they've walked around and sat and had a coffee or, or a fika, as they call it here in Sweden, which is like an afternoon time out with a coffee and a pastry. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big interest here in Sweden. Um, and they also like the, uh, you know, the old American muscle cars. And the vintage cars, that's a massive thing here in Sweden. And in the summers, um, it's quite common in the bigger cities to see them um, doing parades, you know, 50 plus cars. Um, I've experienced it a couple of times. Obviously, last year it was cancelled because of Corona. Uh, but hopefully uh, this year it, it, it might be back on. Um, and I'm looking for some of these bus conventions because I'd like to take Felicia to, to one or two of them, you know, and, and meet other bus enthusiasts. and and bus lifers. Cool. And how has COVID affected you folks in uh, Sweden? Uh, to be honest with you, it's not been too bad here. Um, they've obviously had a quite a serious outbreak, like every other country. Uh, they did initially deal with it in a completely different way, um, as you may or may not know. You know, they didn't do any lockdowns or, or heavy restrictions, just advisories, really. Um, but from a personal point of view, it's worked quite well. Um, I've been quite lucky to be here the whole time having work. Um, so I've managed to avoid all the lockdowns um, in the UK so far. Um, I've, I've been in Sweden and it's, it's been business as usual. You know, the people here are quite sensible. They listen to the advice from the government um, and they respect the laws, you know, and they respect each other, uh, most importantly. So, you know, they, they take the most common sense approach to it. And it seems to be working. You know, it's business as usual. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So you had some adventures um, around the country. What are some of the major mishaps that you would have had? Oh, well, um, okay. Apart from the, the fan that I mentioned earlier that flew off. Um, so this is the fan off the engine, the main cooling fan um, for, the, for the actual engine. Uh, the radiator's got its own separate uh, cooling fans up at the front but the engine's in the middle so I was driving down a highway and uh, this was a couple of weeks after I crashed which I can tell you about in a second or so but um, I just heard this big 
crash bang wallop and i looked out my side window and a, a big metal component was flying at the back of the bus it hit the road it bounced over the car that was behind me thank god it didn't go through their window screen because that could have caused some serious damage or you know possibly could have killed someone um, it bounced over their car and then the car behind that ran over the fan it popped her tire um, so we all stopped, obviously, um, discussed it and exchanged details. I, I helped the lady change the wheel on her car and everyone was on their way. Um, I was on my way once I got picked up, had to get towed uh, for about four hours, I think the journey was, um, which wasn't too great because I didn't have the fully comprehensive insurance uh, to cover me for that type of uh, thing. Um, so that was one of the bad uh, problems I had, the most serious, you know, because that's where someone could have been seriously injured. Um, <clears throat> so that wasn't too good. Um, but since buying it, like I said, I've had this hole in the radiator, um, which when it finally gave way, the temporary repair, I, I took the bus to a mechanic's spur of the moment. Um, wasn't recommended really by anybody. I didn't really know anybody in the area. Um, and this garage, they didn't really know what was going on um, it was a very stressful time for me at the time they had the bus in there for months and months i think it was a total of nearly four months they had the bus and i just bought it you know i was traveling around in it for a few months and then it went into the garage and it was kind of like crushing my dreams you know my road trip working and living on the road dreams so it was really stressful um but, and, and they were giving me like all this kind of incorrect diagnosis, you know, it's this and it wasn't that. And then it's this, you know, usual story. You've probably heard it many times on your podcast now, um, you know, really taken advantage of by this garage. It cost me thousands of euros in the end. Um, and I just wanted to get on the road, you know, um, and it's ruining my, my bus life experience. But I finally got her back. Um, in the end, I had to put a new engine in the bus. The mechanics that had it, they took some seriously bad decisions and they ruined my engine uh, so i ended up having a new engine put in uh, touch wood that engine's going to be uh, good for a good few years now um, and i found a good mechanic after that as well a really good mechanic uh, so i'd like to give a shout out to them if i can that's mit service uh, that's a garage in sundsvall in sweden mit service provided me with a really professional and friendly uh service and you know i've made friends for life there and they've helped me out with a lot and taught me a lot um about the bus because i did go into it pretty blind i've never owned anything so a vehicle so old um i do have a car that's from late 70s but this is the 67 bus so you know i didn't know much about it um about long vehicles heavy vehicles uh, so they helped me all along the way um and it's yes you know, it, they made it into a really pleasurable experience you know in the end um, so yeah, that's some of the, just some of the, uh, problems I've had with the bus, you know, I've learned a lot from it. Uh, I've had lots of wiring issues, stuff like that. So I've done a lot of the rewiring, a lot of the plumbing, um, you know, stuff like that, um, mechanical stuff as well. Um, so yeah, although there's been a lot of problems and a lot of money spent on the bus, it's now paying dividends. So I'm happy. Yeah, with that new engine, it'll last a long time, and especially having a good mechanic you can rely on. Yeah. That'll make a world of difference. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. Uh, the, the engine itself isn't brand new. It's still an engine from the 60s, but I found it in uh, Denmark, and it was out of a excavator machine. So my theory behind it is, you know, it's 
built for torque, not the power. This 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 model of engine, but it's like for like, and it'll fit into my bus, and hopefully it'll keep that bus going. Speed isn't what I'm after with the bus. The whole idea about having the bus and the bus life is a bit of the slow lane, isn't it? All right. So you uh, you have all your experience, and you have your built mm. bus. What's something if you were to do differently? What uh, what would you do at the bus? Something different that you would do? Um, something different. Well. Let me tell you what the work that I've done so far, because um, it doesn't really leave much after that, I don't think. So, you know, I've I've put my log burner in, so I'm, I'm I can be warm. Um, I've put the carpet in, uh, the wood floor in. Uh, it's all painted and decorated to my taste. Um, I've also used recycled wood uh, and timber and, and pallets um, to deck the walls in the bus as well, which is great. I've put a motorbike rack on the back with my motorbike because I, I noticed that this bus wasn't so convenient for popping to the local shops. Um, the new engine's been done, the radiator's been done, uh, leisure batteries are in, all the wiring's been done. You know, that list can go on and on. Um, but yeah, it's still not finished. It's it's definitely a labour of love for me. Outside of the bus, the style is very, um, what's the word, uh, patina. You know, she's like shabby chic. She's, um, she's, she's painted white with with a red stripe and a red section at the back but underneath is the original yellow and green paint from when it was a postal bus um, and that white paint now is starting to break through in in a lot of the areas um, revealing the paint underneath which i love um, so i'm not really going to change that um, i have met a local street artist who's really cool um, and his work is absolutely amazing and i've asked him would he mind doing some work down the side of my bus um, which he's agreed to so um, that will be getting done as well I think to the bus um, I would like to still probably spray foam the underside of the bus if I'm going to continue using it in the winters because the floor does get pretty cold even though it has all the the current layers on it it does get cold um, you know it's, it's easily solved with a pair of these uh, Swedish uh, slippers that I've got um, but you know, sometimes you don't want to wear the slippers and you, you just want your, your feet on the floor, you know? So I think that would be something I'd do different. Um, I'd spray the underside of the bus. Um, but saying that, you know, I've done two winters now and I, I guess I've survived, uh, for, for two winters in the bus. Um, so the, uh, the guests, the guests that I had last week gave a really cool um, recommendation. They mm-hmm. live in their bus, uh, him and his wife and their daughter, 14 okay. years old, and um, they're in Nova cool. Scotia. Uh, and what they've done is they've gone to like the local store and they bought these foam mats okay. that kids play on. Have you ever seen those? Yes. They interlock yes, together. And he's taken, yeah, he's taken those and he's put them down uh, as insulation on the floor first. And then he's put his carpet yes. on top of that. And he said it makes a world yeah, of I, difference. So maybe I actually, something I to look listen into. to that podcast. Um, you know, after you contacted me, I listened to quite a few of your podcasts. Um, and I, I did listen to that. And I thought at the time, that is absolutely amazing idea. It's a brilliant idea. Because you can just hide it with your uh, carpet, you know. Um, and another one of your guests, they mentioned about putting some type of styrofoam um, up against the windows. Um, during the winter, which I think again, that's that's a great idea because the windows do get really really cold here, um, especially when they are have been snowed on and then the snow started to melt and then freeze and then the, you know the ice and 
everything's built up. It does get really cold. Um, so that, again, I think that was a brilliant idea from another one of your guests. Definitely. There's one thing that uh, if we decide to go long-term in hours uh, and stay in a colder climate, you can buy, there's a hard, hardware store here called Home Depot, and you can buy uh, a two-foot uh, long yeah. section uh, by, it would be the entire length of the bus. I think it's 28 feet or something. Um, and it's a electric uh, nice. in-floor heating. So usually you put tile over it or Imagine carpet that. or something. But you just put it down the alleyway. But I guess yours is a different shape, so it would. I would have, have to section it. Have to I, I could do it. I could, it. I could quite easily do that because you can get these underfloor mats now, can't you? Um, and you can cut. You can actually cut them. You mm -hmm. can cut them to size. So um, yeah, it's easily done. But wow, mm -hmm. imagine that! How fantastic would that be to, you know, kick your kick your slippers off, kick your socks off, and you know, uh, be out there in the winter, the minus temperatures, but your feet are just nice and warm on your carpet. That'd be amazing. That'd be really, really super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the other one, uh, I'd recommend listening to the second podcast if you get a chance. Uh, Ivan LaCroix, he uh, has built his third bus and he does coach okay. buses. And he uses a thing called the mini split. And it sucks the, the air in and converts it into heat or into cold. Now, okay. Um, yeah, that's one of the options. It's, they're called mini splits. And he has another thing. It's, I forget the first initial, but it's like an HP rollboard, EHP rollboard. And it's a special insulation that you use between the engine and okay. the vehicle. But he's able to use it in the entire bus. And it's only, I think he said, eight millimeters thick oh. or something. And it's a little more expensive. But he said the heat that it retains oh, wow. is yeah, phenomenal. That good as well. Yeah, there's some. Awesome products looking, out there, right? If you do your research and everything like that, there's there's some amazing products out there. And if I guess if your money is unlimited, um, you know, which not everybody's is, but um, you know, mine certainly isn't. But um, there's some there's some fantastic products out there which can really make your bus life and your bus experience and your journey um, super comfortable. You know, but me personally, I like to I like uh, the challenge. I like it a bit rough around the edges. Uh, it's a bit too boring if it's too perfect for me. And especially in the colder climates, like where we are, a lot of the learning for me came out of the United States, which had different parameters. So for me, with the podcast, it's like, what is the ultimate Arctic bus that you can create and live in? And uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, coming together. Yeah, come up with some really good ideas, I imagine. Yeah. So when when is your when is your bus finished? All right. Uh, it's done. Oh, mine's done. Yeah, I. Uh, but like any uh, bus owner, there's always the second and third definitely, bus you want to create. But no, we uh, we have our, our house for sale here in uh, in Flin Flon. We've been here since 2012. We're both high school teachers, and we love it here. But we don't have family around, so my family's on the east coast in Nova Scotia. So we're gonna head back that way. But you know, we're always coming up with ideas. We're gonna take the year off of teaching, uh, and one of the options actually inspired from last week's guest is to you know pack up shop and travel okay. around and homeschool their daughter for a little bit and get that uh, yeah, learning on the road so provided we'll see what COVID, yeah what COVID 19 has for us in okay. store and and we'll go from there perfect. so we'll take it in stride perfect sounds like you've got a good plan chase the, uh, chase yeah, the warm weather sure. yeah all right so uh you've talked about some things you do differently all the changes you made to your bus and the adventures and mishaps 
Uh, with all of that experience combined, what's a piece of advice that you give to the folks out there that are interested in starting a schoolie or a coach bus? Um, well, to be honest, there's, there's a couple of bit, bits of advice I'd like to offer, I guess. Um, the obvious one is, uh, you know, if you're going to be living in sub-zero temperatures, you need to insulate that bus at least. Um, you know, insulation is, is going to, you know, probably keep you alive if you're out there in them sort of temperatures with these in one of these buses um but i'd also say that um with any bus build you know um take your time with the build um you know it's, it's not a rush uh, it shouldn't be a rush uh, rather um don't go for one of these you know off the shelf kits that um, are becoming really popular nowadays uh, i don't think they have much um, personality about them um and try and find um time to to build as much as the the bus as you can you know, in your own preference and your own style, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be good because it not only teaches you some skills um, or utilises the skills that you may already have, um, but when you put your own effort into the bus, you know, it really does become a labour of love and, um, you know, you end up falling falling in love with your, with your bus. Um, and I think a bus should reflect um, a bit of the personality, you know, of the owner a little bit. Um but I think the the most important bit of advice I'd have to give um, would be a financial bit of advice. Um, you know, unless it's absolute an absolute emergency, um, you know, if you've got the time, you need to shop around and research for decent mechanics. Um, you know, if you pick the wrong one, it can end up um, you can end up being ripped off and, and losing thousands of pounds uh, or dollars or you know whatever currency you're dealing with. Um, lots of money, basically. Um, but if you find the right mechanic, then uh, it makes the experience a lot more pleasurable, you know. And like in my case, you can end up meeting uh, some friends for life, you know. Very cool. So you've been in the bus for a little bit of time. Uh, what do you see for the future going down the road for you and uh, being Felicia, the old girl? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, I have just bought a house here in Sweden. Uh, it's actually, I've just bought two houses. It's two houses on the same bit of land. Um, something I've been looking for for probably the last year, year and a half nearly. Um, I really do love Sweden. I've really enjoyed being here. So, yeah, I bought I bought the house. Um, so going forward, um, I'm going to be renovating the house. It has enough room to park the bus on, which is fantastic. So I'll probably be living in the bus while I'm renovating the house, you know, maybe for the next six months. Um, but knowing me, I'll probably end up um, living in the bus after I've renovated the house, you know, just because I sort of like, like the adventuring to be different, a bit eccentric maybe. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, once I've started renovating that house, especially the bathroom, I can use the leftovers, uh, leftover tiles and bits and pieces to finish the bathroom off in this bus, which I want to do. Um, I've also had a job interview recently with um, with a company, um, one of the one of the leaders in the wind industry, which is great. So there could be a new job on the horizon. Um, but I guess the future, I like it when it's a little bit unknown. You know, I like to plan, but I like to plan loosely. Um, I just hope that you know it's going to be filled with, I don't know, um, continued you know personal learning and growth and, and happiness. And obviously, lots of road trips and adventures with Felicia, and my two sons. You know, because they they've been to Sweden. They came over last year, and they absolutely loved the bus. 
Uh, they love the roof rack that I installed on the back with the ladder. You know, they'll climb up and down there all the time and they're in and out the bus, swinging off the skylight handles and stuff like that. So, yeah, looking forward to plenty of road trips and stuff like that in the future. Hey, maybe when uh, COVID-19 uh, finishes up around the world, you can come to Canada and we'll, you can do a uh, Canadian schoolie that uh, tour and wouldn't meet that some be different that are That would be super cool, but uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if I would, um, I don't know if Felicia would, would make it to Canada. Um, I think going forwards, I'm going to probably use her as much as I can and travel the rest of Sweden, definitely. Um, I've been all over Sweden already, which has been great. Um, but I want to take the bus into Norway um, next and then maybe down um, Denmark and Germany and do a bit of uh, Europe, down down in Europe, down there, Northern Europe uh, or Central Europe, shall I say. Um, but yeah, if I could get the bus to Canada, I would be there like a shot. But, uh, you know, the experience I've had with the engine problems and everything, it's made me very nervous um, of going massive distances in the bus although i have got um insurance now and that's one other bit of advice i'd give your listeners um, make sure you've got the the right insurance um here in sweden they do a full cover which covers you for breakdowns and that that i didn't have that the first two times i needed it um but the third time i needed it i had the insurance so so yeah that's another bit of advice i'd give to your listeners actually you know what a cool trip would be for you? Leave the bus in Sweden, and as Canadians, I'm sure we would put you up as you Ooh. travel across the country. You know, backpack across and network with those people that have oh, been in my wow. podcast, um, and stay and stay on their extra, you know, sofa or or bed that they have in the bus or camp outside. And imagine the the friends you would meet and the connections you would make and the conversations would be, you would have. That would be, be amazing. Pretty cool. and, and then vice versa, you know, if they were over, ever over in Sweden, they could obviously come and stay on my bus, you know, vice versa. I've done a lot of traveling. Um, I lived briefly in Mexico and Peru, um, and I was doing work with uh, an NGO. Uh, shout out to them. That's uh, All Hands and Hearts. Um, they primarily build... Uh, primary schools rebuild primary schools in areas that have suffered from natural disasters um so i've spent a bit of time over there and i've met a lot of travelers um if any of your listeners are, are in peru or mexico or even nepal they do they do projects all over the world uh, and if you're looking for a stopgap and you're interested in construction and you you've got some basic skills you don't need to be too too skilled but if you've got some basic skills uh look up all hands and hearts because you can join a project with them and meet some really like-minded people and you know friends that you have for life you know um, so it all comes part and parcel with this kind of lifestyle that us bus lifers lead you know that's pretty cool so it's called all yes, hands exactly. and hearts all hands and hearts yes you should check them out it's a really wow and they rebuild schools that have been destroyed exactly. by natural disasters yes. yeah that's what they do yeah they go in um they, they do a lot of work across america as well i believe um you know when they've had uh floods and problems like that in america um they've done a lot of work there but i tend to try and try and go to the countries um you know the, the more third world countries uh, the ones that really really do need to help you know um, but yeah you should check them out and if you ever over in an area where they've got a project it's an awesome way of meeting new people and it's a it's definitely a good stop gap if you're traveling yeah very cool 
So being in Sweden, you have accessibility to the internet and learning uh, how to build mm-hmm. your bus and how to follow people on social media. Who would you recommend for people out there, maybe two or three people um, that either you've learned from or even people in the the uh, wind turbine industry? Who are two or three people that you'd recommend people um, follow? Okay, bus in the bus world, um, one, one uh, couple stand out to me. They're called The Wrong Way Home. I don't know if you know them guys. Um, I'm not sure of their personal names, but their tag on Instagram, The Wrong Way Home. She, uh, the girl, has been building buses for a number of years. Um, she builds them up to an absolutely beautiful standard, very uh, quirky and unique. Um, and then she she sells them and then she travels around. And she's done this several times now, I believe. Um, but that's someone who's definitely worth following on Instagram, uh, The Wrong Way Home. Um, also, uh, I'd like to say my um, one of my other follow somebody else that I like to follow is a is a guy called Dirty Elmo, and he's the artist, the local artist from here in Sundsvall in Sweden, who's gonna who's gonna paint some work hopefully down the side of my bus. Um, but his Instagram page is definitely worth uh, checking out if you're into different kind of very very unique art. Um, he's a very very talented guy. Um, and I guess a third person um, is a young lady actually who lives here in Sweden. She moved back to Sweden from the States, I believe. Uh, her name's Tyra, if I've pronounced that right. Um, she's an advocate for natural wellness, but she's a business owner. But she's uh, she's building an eco home in Sweden. She's brought a, pro- pot, a plot of land and she's moved back from the States and she is um, showcasing... Uh, the procedures of her building this eco home out in the forest next to a beautiful lake by the looks of it here in Sweden. So if you're into that sort of thing, home build, especially eco homes, um, she's definitely worth checking out on Instagram. And what's, do you know her handle uh, on yeah, Instagram? It's in her wilderness, I believe. No, no, sorry. It's her dot wilderness, wilderness. That's it. Her dot wilderness. Excellent. Cool. All right. So what do you have for some final words for the folks out there that are listening? Uh, final words. Well, I don't know if they're considering, uh, if they're listening because they're considering getting into the, the bus life, uh, whether that's permanently or just temporary, you know, for, for summer vacations and stuff, I would say do it. Uh, it's a great way to travel around. It's a lot more interesting than staying in hotels. Um, you know, even if you are not wild camping, so to speak, or out there off grid, you know, if you're in um, caravan parks and stuff like that, you can still come across some beautiful places. So it's definitely worth considering. It's 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 definite good way of traveling around and seeing seeing the country. Um, and apart from that, I don't know. Just you know, I'd say to everyone, laugh. You know, laugh hard. You know, in life, um, but love harder you know, and just make the most of it, you know, be free and just make the most of it. Very cool. So what are you doing for the rest of your day? To be honest with you, I have no plans for today. It's a completely chilled day. Um, I'm just staring out the windows now. I'm on the bus. Um, I'm not too far from um, a beach actually now. Um, I've parked probably around 50 metres away from this beach and I'm looking down on it. It's covered in snow. Uh, The sun is shining. 
so I think I'm just going to just chill out and just enjoy the rest of the day. Maybe go for a walk. looks a bit windy, to be fair, but I'll go for a walk and just, just chill out, I think, today. Cool. Well, listen, buddy, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate the conversation, and I'm sure the folks out there will get uh, some ins- oh, so. inspiration from your story. And uh, someday, well, uh, I look forward to meeting you in person and having a That'd chat cool, about bro. schoolies and cool. life. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's my first podcast, but it's been uh, it's been really cool. Yeah, thanks, man. I greatly thanks, appreciate man. it. Thanks for sharing your Good story. Luck. You too. Bye, bro. All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram or YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.